Hi and welcome back to uh, yet another week where we're, we're diving into the Bible again, looking into Mark's Gospel. Hi, I'm Simon. I'm one of the pastors here at New Beginnings Uniting Church. I'm joined by Kerry, who gave the message on Sunday, all on Mark 10, verses 1 through to 20. And let me say, it was an absolute cracker of a message. It's a brilliant message, so if you haven't caught up to it, it's on the website. Please jump into it. And uh, actually, we've got Josh as well, who is on with us as well. He's doing multiple jobs today. He's doing tech and he's also going to be part of the conversation today. Sure so he's going to be thinking really Josh. hard. Uh, so let's just pray and let's just jump into having a look at the, the Bible um, yet again into Mark's Gospel. So let's just ask for God to be with us and guiding us in this time and opening up his word to us so that we can understand it. Our gracious, loving God, we give you thanks that you have given us your word through the Bible. Lord, we give you thanks that you've given us faithful men and women who have been here to interpret and bring this word to the world. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit open up your word today for us today, found in Mark's gospel, and speak into our lives today. Amen. So we're going to have a look at, uh, we're going to reread the account found in Mark's gospel, Chapter 10, and Josh is going to throw it up on the screen for us. So as we go along, and I'm going to read to you. It's from the New Living Translation. I, I just At the moment, I'm really loving the New, Land, New Living Translation because it gives us a, a language that's easy to read for us and, and allows us to, to kind of understand it. it you know, but uh, all of the other translations are great um, and really kind of do, get us into the, the real deep meaning for this. So... Here we go. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question. What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said, a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, he wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. And he told them, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery. And, a wife, and if a wife divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. Now, I want to say right up front, this is a really hard passage. And, and, you know, as I said to you, Kerry, just a moment ago, it was an absolute cracker of a message because it actually dealt with what is a hard topic. Um, in the world, divorce rates are really high. Um, and, you know, like, like in the church we have here, we have people that uh, have had divorces and have remarried, um, have lived through divorces, and, and people divorce for all sorts of reasons. Um, so... It is a very touchy subject. It's one that uh, sometimes is really difficult to, to talk about, uh, especially from a biblical perspective. 
but you handled this with, with, as I said, with grace and truth because the truth will set us free and we should never be afraid of the truth of the gospel account, of the truth found in the Bible. Um, it may actually shine a light on our lives, but that's so that we can have a great relationship with God so we can come back into relationship with God. So, Kerry... Just to kick this off, and this is going to be a question without notice. You know, often, often what happens when we sit here is we, we talk about at least the opening question that we have. Uh, but I'm gonna, we didn't have an opening question. We were setting up things for, for the different style that we're doing today. But um, I, so what one thing, when you read through this passage, struck you that you really wanted to bring out? and want to bring out in a little bit more depth? Oh, look, I think the thing that really struck me was just the, the no exceptions barred way that Jesus talks about divorce. And there are certainly other passages in the Bible that give except for this and except for that. And if you look up all the different scholars and the way they look at it, their um, determinations range from there's no reason for divorce to there's any reason for divorce. So it seems to me like we're still arguing over the reasons for divorce, <laughs> which is not what Jesus wants us to look at. He wants us to look at, okay, he has a very high standard for us. If you marry, you commit to that marriage and you do everything you can to try to make it work. But he also realises that we fall way short and we mess up our relationships in so many different ways. And so he does understand divorce, but he wants us to understand that that's not what he wanted for us. Yeah, the, the coming into divorce is not actually the ideal. No. no. So, so having, a, having a great marriage is the ideal. Um, but we also realise, and, and I think it's, it's actually really, um, it's really interesting to think how, even in the Old Testament, when Jesus talks and, and comes back to Moses um, and, and says that, you know, this wasn't the ideal, but because of your hard hearts, because of the way you react to one another in relationships, this is what will happen. Yeah, that's right. And, look, I think marriage is hard. You've got two people with, you know, two sinful people with their own stuff and both trying to satisfy their own needs. And if you don't have Jesus at the centre of that relationship, there's really very difficult for you to reconcile those differences because Jesus helps us to, to let go, to forgive, to move on, um, to admit when we're wrong. And without, in the absence of that and looking to Jesus and, and also letting Jesus be the one who really satisfies us and not looking for our partner to meet every need that I have, I think that's why so many marriages are very difficult. And, it, um, and I think that's the thing, you know, because often when we approach marriage as a self-centred thing, um, it becomes all about me and I and, and what we uh, can get out of it. And that's the wrong attitude to bring into marriage. Um, and, and marriage is quite different to that. Um, I know that... <laughs> um, you know, I've been married for at least one or two years now, quite a, quite a few years now. <laughs> Josh is laughing, so. <laughs> um, but 
and you said it's never easy, and that's true. There, there are great moments, um, and there are tough times, and it's how we work through some of those tough times um, in all of this. And we change over time, and our expectations are sometimes higher than what our partners can ever possibly <laughs> meet, and, uh, and we need to find ways to resolve those differences, and if we don't resolve differences, then we get further and further apart, and then you get to this point where it's unreconcilable. Mm, and, I, and I remember, like, when uh, Annette and I were uh, early on in our marriage, one of the things that really helped us was to learn each other's love languages. So the Five Love Languages was actually a really helpful book for us. And just to realise that Annette's love language uh, is different to my love language and is different to the one I express and do and different to the one that I like to be given... Uh, and we just needed to understand that and it helps us in that whole whole situation around things. You know, we don't necessarily annoy each other all the time now. So. <laughs> yeah, and mm. I can give you one little example of that with, with my marriage with Richard. I really like to get flowers. To me, that's an expression of that means he loves me if he gives me flowers. But he saw it as a waste. It's better to give a plant because a plant keeps on giving you flowers, Right. But Super me, practical. Yeah. I, that's something I've got to look after. <laughs> I just want the pretty thing and I don't want to have to look after it. I want the expression of love, not the work to make it happen, you know. And, and that's a silly example, but that's really what it's like. My expectations of what I wanted from him was not something that he wanted to do. So, so. I, I'm going to throw it to Josh for a moment. Yes. He's, he's, he's another question. Yes. This, is, this is a question for you. Yeah. Uh, another question unannounced. Mm. But... This is also a passage that is about how you come into relationships. Um, and it's also a passage about pre-marriage as well. So yes. the way that we relate to one another, the way that we treat one another in our relationships. So from your point of view, Josh, as a younger mm. person, yep. as somebody who is not yet married but no. actually in a relationship, mm. how, how does this sit with you about what your ideals are for your relationship? Um, that's a good question. On the spot. Yeah, I know, right? I have to, I have to now think about this. <laughs> um, what does it, what does it mean for me? The, oh, it's definitely, it's definitely like what we, what, what you guys have been saying. It's two-way street, and I've heard that a, a relationship um, and, and and a marriage. I read somewhere um, that it's like looking into a mirror of how it, um, you get what you put out, of how much you put into it is also how much you get, you're going get, get to um, get out of it. And if your notion is, I think, if, if you have a mindset of um, this is not going to work or um, divorces, you know, when you get to, like, you know, if, if for me, if I was to um, then get married and then all of a sudden my then brain turned to, you know, divorce might be, like, you know, might be a card to play, then nine times out of ten it might lead down to that road rather than thinking it needs to, um, you know, you, you need to be working with um, in the relationship and not how this could fail or or the negatives of it is is to live in the moment and, and work mm. work with each other. Yep. Um, in, in all, in all Fantastic, that. Josh. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, hard question <laughs> on, the, on the spot. Um, so one of the things, 
I, I want to come back to the Bible. I, I want to move us out of our relationship for the moment. I want to come back into the Bible. And I actually want to put this passage in its context. Because when I, when, and I love how when you read through it again, and like even just then, when I was reading through it again, there's some re, really key things about context uh, and how Jesus reacted in the different spaces that he was in. So you, you see Jesus is, is, and as the New Living Translation said, he was on his way uh, teaching as he would do and the Pharisees came with a question to trap him. Now, you've got to understand that this question is an immensely loaded question in this time because just prior to all of this, John the Baptist had been beheaded because he was accusing the king and the queen who had divorced her husband to marry the king of being in an adulterous relationship. So see what the Pharisees are doing here is they're actually trying to trap Jesus either to not uphold the Scriptures, found in the Old Testament, the Old Testament laws, what Moses had been saying, what Deuteronomy had been giving us, all those things, or to speak out against the king. So he was bound in a situation where they were trying to trap him so that either they could call him blasphemous or they could go to the authorities and go, he's speaking out against you, arrest him and have him beheaded. So this is really, you know, like if you look at this, it's actually really a, a huge trap. And I think Jesus handled this with, as I said, truth and grace. Like when you come into this space, we need to look at truth and grace and, and how Jesus came back into this space and they actually then talked about it from, not from um, later on, but actually from the point of view of Adam and Eve and men and women and coming together in relationship, all that very early on, what is the, what is the original intent of marriage and coming together? And, and I love how he did that. He did that in a public space, but he also got and, and re, did the reflective questioning to the Pharisees so that they were the ones that said, well, this is what the law says. Um, and, and Jesus then goes, now let me explain. This is why that is there. Mm. He's, chal so, he's challenging them. He is. He's, cha he's challenging the Pharisees on their hard-heartedness, uh, on their basis of doing this. So... And I'm sure they were quite confident that they'd found a question that was going to trip him up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they went, oh, yes, we've got it. We can do this. Um, got him this time. And, but it, no, no, no. It almost seems like, a, to put a comedy spin on it, the Pharisees are always, it's, it's almost like a, a sad sitcom where every time it's like, oh, we got this big new, like, um, thing we could trip him up with and every time it never works and... <laughs> Yes, yeah, and they go away and they, they then think, well, what question can we get him on now, you yep. know? Yeah. But, but see, the, going back into that whole context thing, he, he publicly has this debate with the Pharisees, gets it to this point about what does the Old Testament say, this is your hard heart, and then when he's with his disciples, so when he's with the believers, the people he's teaching about what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God, what it means to be following in, in his footsteps what, and teaching the ways, the works and the words of Jesus. Actually, he then says, 
with the, the questioning, well, what does, what does divorce mean in this space? Well, what, what, do what does it mean for, for us as being followers of you, Jesus? What does this divorce thing mean for us? And it's only in that space that he pronounces around the adultery stuff. Yeah, that's right. He it's doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do it publicly. No, yeah. no. And, and that's, that's huge. So he, it is huge. So he's not actually going out into the, the public, you know, you're an adulterer, you're an adulterer, bad on all of you. He's actually going, now come back. You need to figure out your relationships here. This is all about relationships. And this is what it means as a believer. So I think it's, for us as believers, there's, there's really a high call to what we, we should be doing um, and, and our relationships and, and where we place it. But even in that space, we still do have relationship breakdowns. Let's be honest. Uh, we mm. still have relationship you breakdowns. Do. There are still there's still abuse and all sorts of things. Yes, sadly. Um, sadly. And, and but what we the idea we want is no abuse. Mm. We actually want no abuse. We want to say, uh, you know, and I want to say this right now. Uh, for men, it is never appropriate to abuse a woman. Never. And I would say to women, it's never appropriate to abuse a man. Whenever you're not respecting someone's personhood, their will, it's, it's just not in line with what God wants. Yep. Mm. And, it, and, that, and that's the thing. And that's what I like Je- what Jesus said. Is he, he didn't, like coming back into that whole framework, you know, um, putting in its place, this passage, um, within, within that Jewish culture, the, the females had very little rights um, Whereas in the, the, the Roman and Greek culture, they had more rights of what they could or couldn't do. Mm. But, it, but Jesus brings it out of uh, that female not having any rights to bring it, being equal to mm. what the men have. He does. He makes the man and the woman the same rule for both of you. Yep. If the woman divorces her husband, same thing. And, and, and in the Old Testament and in what all of the Pharisees have been teaching, that actually wasn't a part of what... It wasn't. Uh, no. So he's actually going, if you do this, you're, you're, you're at the same space mm. that a man is. Mm. So he, he does bring them all up. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, You'd like to have that little escape card, but it's not there, is it? It's not, it's not in this passage, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So if, we, if we're going biblically, it's not, it's not there. So. Oh. And... Um... I think it's an important point that you make what Jesus said publicly and then what he says to the disciples because God's um, expectations of us are very high and, and you know, we don't worry so much about the two commandments that God gave us, like to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Well, who can do that? Yep. We all fall short of that. Yep. And this is just another example where we fall short. And it's, it's to Christians that this message is really important because when you hear the truth, as you said, you can receive God's grace. But to the general community who don't understand that, it's just condemnation. Yeah. And, 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 and we're never called to condemn the other person. We're, we're called to show them. We're called, them. we're called to be the light to the world. Absolutely. Um, but we're not called to be the judge um, of, of people. Yeah. We're not called to condemn others. We're called to show the way. Mm. Um, to, to, to be the light to the, the world around us. So really our relationship should be becoming a higher standard for, for us. It should be. It should be. <laughs> it, it comes into that. It should be. 
Yes, it's very sad, I think, Christian marriage breaking down because um, there's that extra layer of, of having really um, not lived up to what God wanted us to do. And um, and it is very sad that it's it's quite common in Christian circles. So we do have to be careful about how we, we put the wording because even with Christians we don't want to be the one who are judging or condemning. No, no, none of this is about condemning you. Um, none of this is about condemning an individual or... Or, or, or what's happening there. It, it's actually reflecting back on how, and I think this is, for me, this is how I uh, approach this, is how does this reflect for me yes. as an individual? Bring it back to me. Absolutely. H- how am I responding to my relationship with my wife? Mm. How am I responding to my relationships with others? And I think this can be drawn out even further into broader areas of relationship and how we treat others just generally in relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you treat others poorly around you, you're likely to be treating your wife or your husband in the same vein. So mm. it's about how you treat another person as opposed to yourself. Mm. Yeah, and that level of respect for that person's will is something that just blows me away when I think about God and what he does for us. He gives us the ability to choose between eternal life or no eternal life. And, and like, as a parent, you don't want to give your kid that level of responsibility. Like, you know, you want them to choose eternal life. And I know that God has a heart for that and will do everything to draw us into that relationship. But ultimately, he respects our decision. And for him to respect our decision on such a matter like that, then we really need to practice respect for everyone else as well. Mm, that is so true. That is so true. So just final words, wrapping it up. Uh, Josh, Kerry, do you have any final words you want to throw in today? I think for when we were talking about the relational part in terms of, of um, having a Jesus-centred relationship. I think that's very true for your own relation, like relationships. But it was, um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about their, a Christian podcast and, they, and it got brought up the... Um, they're coming to faith stories. And so they, they, they told them to... Um, the, the two of them, they, they told the stories. But it was interesting because they both gave stories which revolved around the relationship and the relationship of, of, of the walk with God and the relationship of having with Jesus and, and being the centre. And it's interesting how we're talking about um, having a relation, uh, whilst having in your own relationship, having the centre of that relationship being with Jesus. But even in our own today, day-to-day lives, having that relationship as mm. well, Absolutely. I think is really important, especially because mm. um, it was interesting because one, one of the guys said that if he'd built that relationship through a person or the, or the church and if he got burnt by a said person or said church, he would have walked away from faith. But it was because he had a relationship first with God. Yes. His, his faith is stronger than any, and anything. And I think that's so true with, with our own relationships. Um, you know, just thinking about them, looking at this passage, I think having that strong relationship will allow us to continue to have that strong relationship. Mm. Mm. Absolutely true. It's a foundation. 
um, for whatever happens in your life. And sometimes you're thrown a real curveball. Sometimes, you know, somebody who's really important to you really hurts you. What do you do with that? How do you deal with that? You can only do it through the love of Jesus. You can only do it by going to Jesus and, and saying, you know, look, I'm really hurting. Um, how can I get over this? Um, how mm. can I get over whatever is a huge thing? Because he's the one who sees the whole. You know, we only see our, our little bit. And, and we're often so self-centred that we don't realise, you know, that there's so many other things happening. And so God could give us a different perspective. Exactly. And, and that perspective is, is, is eye-opening. And, and I think that's why uh, within this passage the disciples weren't able to comprehend everything he was saying and wanted to know more. And, and it will, God will bring further revelation to you as you read more and more Amen. into the Scriptures. Amen. And sometimes it takes reading it more than once to actually understand it and have it sink into you. And, and you can read a passage and one time it will speak about this. And that's God's Spirit talking to you about that particular thing he wants you to be convicted about. And then you'll read it again and it'll be a completely different aspect that comes on. Absolutely. And you're going, well, maybe that's where God's speaking to me at this moment. So uh, the, the Word of God found in the Bible is so good for, for just uh, readjusting and adjusting our life to be in tune with God. Um, so as we wrap up today, before I come into prayer, I want to actually say this. If, you, if you're actually experiencing domestic abuse at this point in time, I encourage you to seek help. Yes. Seek help. Yeah. Speak mm. out. Mm. Go and find, go, go to uh, women's helplines, yes. um, domestic violence helplines. Um, do not sit there and suffer in silence. No. You do need to speak up against this. You do need to find help, and there are people who are willing to help you. Mm. Absolutely. So, yep. Mm. And we, and because we want to be honest that this happens in our society. Um, so let's just pray right now. Our gracious God, we just we give you thanks for your word found in the Bible. We give you thanks for your word that it challenges us, and we give you thanks that uh, we can always look at various sections. Mm. Of, of the word that you have there found in the Bible and it will speak to us today, tomorrow, into the future and in the past. Lord, may your Holy Spirit help us to understand this passage within Mark's gospel. May your Holy Spirit convict us of our relationships and help us to be in a right relationship with our, our partners, with our family, with our friends, with our colleagues, with the world around us, and more importantly, with you, O oh Lord. Mm. Help us to come into a right relationship with you, Lord. Yes, sir. I pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 And thanks very much for joining with us today as we did our deep dive into Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 1 through to 20. I want to thank again Joshua Mr. Tech Extraordinaire up there, who's not only uh, making sure that all the cameras are working, the stream's running, lighting's all good, uh, but he's also paying attention to what is being said in the room and offering some great insights. And yeah, thanks, thanks, Josh. And thanks for Kerry for such a wonderful message that you gave on Sunday Praise and for such, uh, such a, a, a wonderful heart to really knowing... Um, God's will for your life mm. and, and being able to bring that out 
in such a gentle and humble way for the rest of us to actually hear. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord indeed. Um, So just a little recap. If you want to catch up on last Sunday's message, you just need to go to the website, which is nbu.org.au, and you'll see past online services. Just go on there and you'll be able to catch up with all past services. You can also tune in on the podcast. So you go to look up New Beginnings United Church on um, Apple Podcasts and you'll be able to get to that as well. Um, they're also on Vimeo and Facebook and YouTube, so they're all over the place. Uh, please just catch up. And one of the things, if you like this, hit the like button. Uh, even better, hit the subscribe button. Because one of the things that uh, about social media, about all these platforms, is if you like it and subscribe, it actually helps us as a church to continue our ministry further because it actually reaches more people. And we want the Word of God to go out and reach more people. Amen. 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 Thanks for being with us today. Bye.